the blast from our past network. Report back on the double. Do you read? At report back at once. We cannot abandon Captain Kirk and Dr. McCoy. Of course not. 400 years ago on the planet Earth, workers who felt their livelihood threatened by automation flung their wooden shoes called sabots into the machines to stop them. Hence the word sabotage. We are experiencing technical malfunction. All backup systems inoperative. Excellent. I, I, I mean, too bad. Talking Back. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Talking Back, the podcast where we like to chat about past achievements in movies, comics, video games, and more. I'm your host, Tim. This week, we are covering Star Trek. Six, The Undiscovered Country, released in 1991, rated PG. Dean, thanks for joining. How's it going? Uh, it's going great, Tim. Uh, this one is misnamed. I think this this one should have been The Final Frontier, and the last one should have been The Undiscovered Country. I agree with that, yeah. That, it would be a perfect flip for the two, but I guess they already blew it with Final Frontier. <laughs> Yeah, I guess so. I they, um they wanted to, the director Nicholas Mayer wanted to call uh the Wrath of Khan the undiscovered country. He's oh cool. Been, okay. He's been waiting he was waiting years waiting to years drop this after Khan yeah. to drop this wow. title. Wow. So here it is. Uh I don't remember seeing this movie. I know I have seen it, but I don't remember seeing it i don't have any grand like recollection of it i didn't see it in theaters i didn't rent it okay it was definitely a saturday afternoon special for me um okay. I, I know i've seen it because as i rewatched it everything is familiar i've seen it multiple okay. times yeah um but i don't really have a memorable first experience it was just it was on i was lying on the couch at some random saturday it came on i watched it that's all nice yeah I have a memorable, memorable first experience, and that was uh, this earlier this week. That was my first mm. time. Too. Very nice, Dean. Yeah, very nice. Yeah. It was great. I do love uh, how often we watch a movie and you've never seen it before. Yeah, it's it's fun stuff. Yeah, it's if fun. it's from the uh, '80s, probably never seen it. Yeah, great. This one, this one creeped into the '90s. It did. Yeah. Yeah. It just broke broke in. Um. I don't, maybe you can help me out with this. I'm having a small problem. You bet. I can't tell if this movie is good or bad. I don't know. Yeah. Um, so it's great. That wasn't an option, Dean. No, no, no. Okay, so it's, it's great. It's very good. But also, yeah, it also might be bad. It It's interesting. It's very... I was thinking about this while I was watching it. I was like... This thing rules, but also, is it bad? <laughs> I've been thinking a lot about it over the past yeah. several days. And I don't know. I think what I landed on is it's both good and bad. But like after viewing it, I was like, I don't know if I liked it or I didn't like it. Like I actually couldn't tell you. I couldn't decide. And now I think... What I've come to is that there's parts I like and there's parts I don't like. 
So it's kind of equal. Yeah. But when I saw it, I really didn't even know. I was like, I don't know if I just witnessed a masterpiece or like the worst like nugget of shit ever. I don't know. I'm confused. Yeah. Well, it definitely wasn't the worst nugget of shit ever. I knew that. I knew watching it that it wasn't the worst nugget of shit. It it might be a masterpiece. But yeah, it there's definitely things in it where I feel like I'm being hit over the head with a baseball bat. And then there's other things where it's just a nice time. So it, it's it's tough. It's a tough one. I I, I kind of in in like all of them that we've watched, I I put it pretty eh, maybe in the middle. You know, I, I put it above some other ones. I do like it. I mm. on paper, it it's kind of awesome. Okay, uh, cool. Yeah, uh, like nugget of shit. That's obviously too harsh. I I don't mean that. Everyone, I yeah. don't mean. Oh, hey, listeners, thanks for joining. I don't mean that nugget of shit. It was not a nugget of shit. Right. Yeah. But you know. Putting it that way just made my argument sound stronger. <laughs> right, you just so I did. need to be hyperbolic there. Re- realistically, I don't know if this movie was decent yeah. or like only okay. Which, that doesn't make sense either because only okay is probably the same thing as decent. It sounds, it sounds similar, is, Tim. I think you're right at the beginning. Horribly wrong. Yeah, you're right at the beginning. It's either a masterpiece or it's no good at all. Like, yeah. that's the only options. You either watch it and you're like, this is one of the best Star Trek movies. It's a masterpiece. Or you're going to watch it and you're going to be like, what is this? I think I, you know, honestly, I watched it with my wife. She thought it was a piece of shit. She thought it was garbage. Okay. And I thought it was great. Okay. So that we there had this conversation. <laughs> interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think the telling tale is that after watching it, I don't really want to watch it again. Ooh, okay, okay. I do, I, think, I do. I like it. Okay. There is one reason that I would go back to it, and uh, we'll touch on that a little bit later. But if anybody's curious, her name is Valeris. Oh, nice. For anybody who's <laughs> nice. curious. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> Tim, we're going to walk through this story, and the things we're going to talk about are going to sound awesome. Like, on paper, this yes, movie rules. that's very true. <laughs> that's a great point. Yeah. Yeah, I think this is going to be a great episode because there's yeah. a lot of fun stuff to talk about. But Heck yeah. that's because I'm not including any of the other stuff that was in the right. movie. <laughs> right, like if we right. did a full episode on all the stuff I left out, people would hate yeah. it. <laughs> They'd right. say, yeah, it just this depends what we're focusing on. <laughs> is a nugget of shit. Yes. Versus this one, and they're going to be like, hey, this is a pretty good episode. This is kind of cool. Fun. Cool. Yeah. All right. Okay. Should we get going? Yeah, let's let's get into that. Let's discover that country. Sure. That's what I should have started with, Tim. That was a good one. <laughs> <laughs> let's uh let's engage thrusters, Dean, and make our okay, way yeah. into um when this movie was released. Which Sounds are, good. Let are, me just grab my <laughs> grab my cup of tea and have a sip. Yeah, well, uh, I already said when it was released, so that uh <laughs> that wasn't all that great um of a segue. But it was released in 1991 with a budget of $27 million. This movie goes on to gross $97 million. Now, that's the second highest grossing of the six Star Trek films up to this point. So I would say that that's pretty good considering the previous movie was The Final Frontier. And it grossed yeah, the lowest of the series with $63 million. Okay, so people like this because you you would have people would have at least spread the word that they like it, right? To be able to make that money and go to it, I think that's a good sign. I think that's a good sign that people liked it. 
Well, yeah, I think I have a couple reasons here as to why I think it did so well. Um, because usually you're only as good as your last movie. We've talked about that. Like where yeah. um, a, a movie in a series, one of them does really good and then the one after it does worse, but it's a better movie and it's because people dropped off after the one that they didn't really like. But yeah. in this case, this movie was leading up to the 25th anniversary of Star Trek. So okay. they had that, all of that, you know, hoopla going on, a, a very joyous time. Let's get a, a movie out there. Let's celebrate. Let the nerds celebrate something. Great. Sounds good. And along with that, Dean, one of the movie's previews made it look like Kirk gets killed. Okay. And they just let that go. They let that be in the right. preview. So I think people were okay. going to the movie saying, oh my goodness, Kirk is getting killed. A must-see. Must-see This material. is a must-see moment. No spoilers, right? Everybody in 1991 was online reading all the movie forums and they didn't want any spoilers in their social media. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nerds across the world were faxing each other about this right, preview. Yes. Did you just see the Super Bowl preview? Kirk gets killed. Yes. Tim, that kind of sounds like the sound bite of Kirk getting killed. <laughs> that could have just that been a clip like, from the movie. I just faxed you something, Dean. Check it out. It's really, okay. It's it says, really cool. Uh, it says Kirk <laughs> gets killed. It's really cool. Go see it. <laughs> You're going to want to keep that one. It's a keeper. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, hey, Dean, back to direct this movie after directing The Wrath of Khan is Nicholas Mayer, a gentleman I've already mentioned. Yeah. So that gets me excited about this movie because Wrath of Khan is a banger. Oh, I yeah. I love that movie. Yeah. Music this time is done by somebody new to our podcast, a Cliff Eidelman. So that doesn't get me excited, Dean. Because he's oh, right. done okay. movies such as Free Willy 3, The Beautician and the Beast, the Lizzie McGuire movie, My Girl 2, and many other movies just like those. Wow. Those all sound bad. I don't think I've seen any of them. Um, I, I, the Lizzie McGuire movie, I feel like, has a following. But the others sound bad. Yeah, that's a group of movies that we're not going to cover. No, that's true. That. They will never hit this. They will never hit this podcast. Now, with that being said, I really liked the music in this movie. Oh, <laughs> I was yeah. Like, I was very, very surprised and impressed. It had a very, very Batman 89 vibe going on to it. Oh, yeah, that's true. It did. As yeah. soon as I heard it, I was like, yeah, that, yes. that's like very, very similar. I like yes, it. Yes, totally. Which is, uh, yeah, it was a good, good uh, uh, stage to set for this movie. Yeah. Uh, obviously a great cast. You've got all your favorites from the OG series, along with Kim Cattrall, mm -hmm. a.k.a. Valerius, a.k.a. AKA... the reason I'll watch this movie again if I do. Right. A.k.a. Gracie Law. A.k.a. shout out to Big Trouble in Little China. Uh-huh. Hell yeah. Yeah, she was. Kim Cattrall is awesome. She's incredible. She's got a cool uh, shave haircut going on in this one. She did that herself. Really awesome. Yep. She was allowed to choose the character's name and do the hairstyle. And she oh, yeah. shaved her cool. sideburns off. Bzzz. Ah, cool. 
Cool check. Ahead of her time. Cool check. Yeah. Kurtwood Smith is also in this. Yeah, heck yeah, man. Awesome. When I saw his name pop up in the in the opening credits, I was just like, ah, yes, okay, I'm on the lookout. I'm on the lookout for him. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Christopher Plummer. Yes. Just delivers a riveting performance. Yes. And a cameo from none other than Christian Slater. Yes. Dude. Did what you, the heck? <laughs> did you crap your pants when you saw him? I did. I yelled out Christian Slater. I, I thought I was having Christian a Slater. Stroke. What's he doing? What's like, he doing what, in this movie? What just happened in my, in my yeah. Star Trek universe? What's going on? I have no idea. Yeah, it broke. He made $750 for that cameo. Hey, awesome. Yeah, he uh, he framed the check, put it on his wall. <laughs> Perfect. That's great. He He was already like a star by then. So I heard that he had some sort of relative. Maybe it was his mother. His mother was the cast. Yeah, his mother was casting director. Okay, so maybe she was just like, hey, want to be in a Star Trek movie? And he's like, heck yeah, I do. Yeah, well, Mary Jo, his mother, knew that he loved Star Trek. So she got him. Awesome. She got him in here for that. Very cool. So sick. Yeah. Very nice to see him. Yeah. It would have been better if he got killed or something. That would have been more fun. Yeah, that would have been pretty fun. Yeah. Now, sadly, Dean, this is the final Star Trek movie featuring the entire cast of the original series. That is sad. We got to say goodbye to our friends. It's very sad news. Um, I think it might even be hard to even continue this podcast uh, hearing yeah. news like that. I, I don't know um, how you know we'll be able to carry on. I don't know. Uh, maybe maybe we should crack out the Romulan air, ale and Ooh, uh, yeah. reminisce. Yeah. You know, reminisce some old times with the yeah. crew. I think right. that could be good. That'd be fun, eh? Yeah, that would be fun. Are that we, stuff are, seems pretty strong. It's illegal. Are we doing that right now or what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got mine cracked. Okay. That looks like water, Dean. <laughs> You're either drinking water or a glass of vodka. I mean, it's uh, it's some sort of hard alcohol and tonic. Oh, okay. Beautiful. Yeah. Um, okay, well, let, I mean, this is very impromptu, but let's talk about some of our favorite moments from the cast. I uh, maybe from, I'll just start from from the movies. Okay. I really liked Weirdo Spock in um, movie number one, uh, the 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 traveling drifter, the yes. uh, homeless uh, hobo, the I don't know the guy who didn't seem like he really even understood what was going on. Yeah, he was so different than he is in any of these other movies, which is funny because I hadn't seen any Star Trek, so I just thought that that's what Spock was like, and honestly. I liked him in the movie, but I didn't get the love for him. I was like, why would people even like this guy? He just like he has no idea what's going on. Um, so I thought that was really interesting to start off with that movie. But yeah, he's you obviously see his great character throughout uh, the rest of these movies. So that one is just kind of weird. I like that movie a lot. Yeah. Uh, now you go. You choose one. Choose a favorite moment. A favorite moment. Okay. I I um from the characters. A character I, moment. Yeah. No, I know. A character moment. I got to go with uh, Uhura's dance. Ooh, yeah. Ooh, sensual. Like, what Ooh. is even Ooh. happening in that? Because this is the last well, movie. Tell you what's happening is I'm slowly falling in love. Moment You're by right. moment. She's... So is everybody on the screen. She was just a distraction. She... <laughs> Uhura danced naked, I believe, in the moonlight to distract a bunch of guards who were like a hundred or 200 yards away. 
They yeah. saw it from the distance and they came. They left their post and they came walking over to see the naked dance. That was wild. And I just loved it. I kind of, there was a moment in this movie when she was talking and trying to pitch what they should do. And I was like, she just needs to do the dance again to distract Ooh, some people. Totally. Then, then we'd have a plan. That's a great call. Yeah, there's no yeah. wrong time to pull that dance out if you need something. No, there is not. Yeah. It's 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 batting at a thousand percent, Tim. It's one for one. It's a, it's it, it works every time. Nice, nice. Well, my favorite Spock moment, I think, was from uh, the Voyage Home, Star Trek Four, where him and Kirk are on a tour at the aquarium. Then all of a sudden, Spock is swimming and mind melding with a humpback whale just out That's of nowhere. So that was one of the so classics, good. classic moments. That's for me. classic. Yeah, that is so classic. Um, I guess maybe I liked last movie because like uh, uh, Kirk uh, free soloing El Capitan is pretty sick oh, yeah. too. <laughs> that was great too. There's so many, so moment. many great moments. Yeah, there's a there's a classic moment from Sulu in this movie. Oh yeah, we'll, we'll get there. I love it. I love. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, well, hey, how about if uh, if you think of anything as we're going, just cut me off and let's let's reminisce about the cast. I like it. Yeah, perfect. All right, cool. Now, after the disappointment of Star Trek V, The Final Frontier, and with the 25th anniversary of Star Trek looming, tensions were high, Dean. Tensions? Tensions were high. Okay. Producer Harvey Bennett wants the movie to be a prequel featuring a newer and younger version of the cast. He was calling it Top Gun in Space. Okay, sounds good. After negative reactions from the cast, probably, Dean, because they wouldn't be in that version of the movie. I mean, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. They're pretty They're pretty old. I don't think they can play younger versions of themselves. That's right. After those negative reactions, Harvey Bennett is fired. Oh, no. Another early idea for the film had Kirk meeting Picard but the producers of The Next Generation wouldn't stop filming the show to allow Patrick Stewart time for filming. Okay. Walter Koenig, who plays Sulu, approached the producers with a script where the entire crew, except Spock, are forced to retire for not being able to pass their fitness test. Interesting. Yes. Spock, the in-shape Spock, would get a new crew. He would end up getting captured... And the out-of-shape crew would have to rescue him. I mean, that sounds pretty good. I mean, I really like that idea. Uh, I that think that good. movie could have been a ton of fun. Yes, that sounds good. The only problem with his script comes into play with the ending, where Koenig had everyone except Bones and Spock die. So oh. that's a bit okay. harsh, Walter. A little harsh. That's a little harsh. Hey, Walter. This is Star Trek. Why don't you settle down a little bit? We don't kill off the entire cast. We don't just go off killing everybody. After you have a ton of fun with the old cast rescuing Spock, the old fatties, that would be such a funny movie. Watching all that, would... then all of a sudden they all just die? That doesn't even make any sense. Why would that happen, Tim? That's a horrible ending. Just rewrite that ending. Come on. I don't know. It just seems weird. Ultimately, Dean, Leonard Nimoy would be the one to come up with the final idea for this movie, which is a, okay. a bit of a Cold War in space vibe. Mm -hmm. uh, Gene Roddenberry 
unfortunately hated the script and didn't feel like it matched his vision of the Star Trek universe. Unfortunately, his complaints would fall on deaf ears. He would eventually sign off on the final cut, but unfortunately wouldn't live to see it because he passed away a few months before it hit theaters. Ah, yeah, I saw uh, at the beginning they shouted him out. Yes, they did. And uh, just a side note there that Roddenberry's ashes uh, would be sent into space three years after this, which is cool. Okay, yeah. And uh, just before we get to the story, this movie earned two Oscar nominations, one for Best Makeup and one for Best Sound Effects. Okay. I like Tim. I think it's the first movie. I like when Bones shows up and he looks like a homeless man. Is that the first movie? I don't even remember that. Probably. He's he's got this huge beard. That was oh. I just I liked that they beamed him up and he had a huge beard and he looked like he was homeless. Oh, okay. I don't even remember that. Um, okay. but that that reminds me of something. Not really a character moment, but mm. I don't know if this is going to continue because I didn't see it in this movie. How about those weird traveling through time or going really too fast? Oh, yeah psychedelic scenes that star trek likes to do awesome we didn't get one in this movie no 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 no. we didn't we didn't those might be gone forever yeah we kind of didn't get anything gross either remember in wrath of khan we got a little bit of a a gross a gross uh worm yeah in the ear the seti eel yeah yeah we got a little earworm but we didn't get anything gross in this well i guess i guess uh Maybe, arguably, we got something gross in this movie. My best friend of Wrath of Khan, the Seti Eel. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Love that thing. Dad, can we get a Seti Eel? Oh, what was Dad's response to that? <laughs> yeah. Probably no. just no. No? <laughs> My history with Dad, he didn't really like to learn about the things. He just liked to say no. <laughs> oh, very nice, Dean. I wasn't allowed to get a snake. So okay. I for sure wasn't allowed to get a fake creature from a movie. That doesn't actually Yeah, if it exist. had eel in the word, I think he kind of knew what was going on there. He wasn't going to get that. Right, right. So the movie starts out, and the music is immediately more menacing than any of the previous movies. So oh, yeah. it seems like we're in for a serious movie here. They want us to take yeah. note. Yeah, definitely. After the credits, we see a giant explosion in space. Right. The actual footage of this, like the actual graphics and effects, is an explosion called the Praxis Effect. And it was used in the remastered versions of Star Wars A New Hope and Return of the Jedi. Oh, interesting. Okay, cool. It looks awesome. I love how it looks. It, it looks, looks familiar. Cool. I was like, that looks like a familiar explosion. It totally did. Yeah, that I, I, I definitely thought of that i i thought of star wars when i saw it i was like that's kind of like when things blow up in space in star wars that's cool that's awesome yeah now we see captain sulu he's a captain sulu's a captain captain. he's on board his own ship the uss excelsior and the shockwave from that explosion hits his ship and because of that all the actors and actresses must start pretending like the ship has taken massive damage and they throw themselves around the room wildly. 
one of the best things, one of the best things in these movies when actors have to pretend that the ground is not stable. It's fun. They did a great it's job. It's so fun. Great job. They did a great job. And you get a little shaky cam, right? So it's yeah. hard to tell. It, it, it really works. Oh, yeah, for sure. Now, they determine the explosion came from the Klingon moon of Praxis, which is where the Klingons mine the energy they use to run their planet. And Praxis is utterly destroyed by this explosion. It's like more than half the planet, or the, I guess it's a moon, more than half the moon is gone. It's disintegrated. Yeah, there's like a quarter of the moon left. Yeah. And Sulu gets a message from a Klingon saying, there's been an incident, but everything is okay now, so go away. This is the best. This is my. This is what I'm talking about. This Hold on. The Sulu reaction here. This is a classic okay. Sulu moment for me. Yes. He's so intense. He, he's like, an incident? He's so like, he's so intense with it. An incident? Yeah. The guy's like, we had an incident, but it's all okay. I don't even understand why he's saying, an incident? Right, like, yeah. you're not allowed to have an incident? <laughs> he's so shocked. They had an incident. It. Who cares? Leave him alone. <laughs> no, an incident? Tim. There's no incidents on the Excelsior. He runs a tight ship. There's He doesn't even know about incidents. <laughs> he delivered that line like he has been a captain and been on a ship for 30 years and yes. never once in all of his time has yes. seen or experienced an incident. Yes. I loved it. You get It was great. <laughs> yes. That is great. You get this feeling from him that he just like, everything's fine. He's never run into a problem before. Yeah, and you get that problem. feeling before. You get that <laughs> feeling before that happens because they're like, oh, we uh, we got all the, the area mapped out just like we always do ahead of schedule. <laughs> like he's everything's perfect for him. Yeah. Oh, that's great. That's great. Yeah. An incident. I, love... <laughs> oh, I just shit myself. <laughs> Because he's so scared. He's never had an incident before. Oh, okay, okay, okay. He doesn't, he shit himself. So, the two things I love about this. One is the Klingon response. The Klingons get on the radio oh, yeah, right away. Like, everything's we've fine. Seen, Fuck off. We've seen a quarter of the moon left. We've already seen it. We've seen just a quarter of the moon. And this guy gets on the calm and he says, um, everything's okay. Don't worry about it. Don't come help us. We're fine. No problem. That's so it's true. ridiculous. It's so true. It's so ridiculous. And then, and then somebody on this ship asks Sulu, should we report this? And he just says, are you kidding me? That's yeah. his response. Yeah, exactly. Are you kidding me? And then they cut away. I don't know it's if that amazing. meant like, are you kidding me? Of course. Or are you kidding me? No, we're not going to report it. I don't I didn't know which one it was. It's of course. It's are you kidding me? Of course. Because yeah. yeah. this guy's just like, oh, no problem here. We just have half a planet now. No problems here. I love Should that. We report it's like, this. Oh, it's great. like, um, I don't think everything's okay, dude. Like, we can yeah. see <laughs> your moon fr- in our viewfinder. Fr- it's mostly Tim. gone. <laughs> it, everything is not okay. Also, the first image on the screen when there's when they're like when their uh, feed picked up was a guy like burning. <laughs> He was, oh, was like it? on oh, no. fire, and then they cut to this guy in the chair, and he's like, "No problems here, everything's okay." I loved it. It's so funny. I so loved good. it. Don't worry, everything's yeah. fine. Everything's please, fine. Please continue on your way. Nothing Leave to us see alone. Here. Don't come here. Thank you for worrying about us. Yes, excellent. At a special Starfleet briefing, 
Spock lets us know that the Klingon Empire now only has 50 years of oxygen left because mm. of the pollution from that explosion. Okay. And Spock proposes they end the war with the Klingons and help them out. That's a very bold, very bold statement. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Kirk, think, Kirk thinks it's a bad idea. He's still mad at them for killing his son. Yeah. But he is sent anyways to meet the Klingon Chancellor Gorkon and escort him to peace talks. Yes. So already we can tell sort of in this movie um, that there's a lot of generali generalizations being made by Kirk, right? Like this whole species is going to die and Spock would like to help them. And Kirk is like, no, let them die. I don't like them. They killed my son. They can all die. So right away, you're kind of set up that like, whoa, wow, that's a really extreme reaction, Kirk. Um, but yeah, he still, he's the one sent to meet the ambassador. So it's, uh, I mean, it's going to be exciting. It is, yeah. And I read that Kirk was actually, or Shatner was actually trying to soften that moment. Like right after he says, you know, let, let them all die. He, yeah. what what they filmed was that he says that, and then he kind of like raises his arms like, sorry, I didn't actually mean it like that, but they didn't, yeah, okay. they cut it out. They didn't put it in the film. So uh, that wasn't the way that he wanted that all to come across. Right. But that is sort of the way the movie needs it to come across, I think. So yeah, that's probably why they cut it out. Yeah. Yeah. We head on board the Enterprise and we meet Kim Cattrall, who mm -hmm. is playing Valeris, my favorite. Yep. Um, this character was supposed to be the Kirstie Alley character of Savick, but she declined to be in the movie. Okay. I said it already. I absolutely love Kim Cattrall and Valeris in this movie. She is the shining point for me. Just an incredible, riveting performance by her. She is so excellent. She's so beautiful. If I watch it again, it's going to be for her. Yeah, totally. She's not just extremely good looking, which she is. Um, she's also really good. She's like, just like you said, she's really good in this movie. Like she, it's a, it's a great performance from her. So uh, yeah, it's, you just kind of, you kind of get drawn in. She just kind of steals the screen when she's on it. Yeah, uh, it's definitely. Great. She's great. Yeah. She's playing a Vulcan, by the way, and does a tremendous yeah. job at it. Totally. Yeah. Excellent. I love watching her as a Vulcan. Yeah. So the Enterprise meets up with the Klingon Bird of Prey, and they do a pretty good job, like, hamming up the discomfort that Kirk is still feeling about the situation. Like, they don't just end it with, you know, him saying, I think they should all die. He really, yeah. like, has reactions, like, physical reactions to even talking to them on the viewfinder. Yeah. Then meeting them in person. He's like, I liked what they did. I like how they did it. Yeah, Definitely. Uh, so Kirk tells Chancellor Gorkin that he'll be their escort to Earth and then invites them for dinner. So several Klingons beam over, including a General Chang, and he strikes me, Dean, as somebody to watch in the movie because he has an eye patch. And the movie yeah. is distinguishing him from the others, so they want us to pay attention to him. Yes, exactly, Tim. And not only does he have an eye patch. But this motherfucker has nailed this eye patch into his skull. That's, That's right. how his eye patch is being held up with nails into his skull. This guy's a badass. Yeah, he is. He's also bald in the movie. I feel like that was a 
like a flex, like a flex to yeah. the makeup department saying like, I'm not going to sit in your chair for like four hours of makeup. Just make me bald. Yeah. He's bald, but he has like a tiny rat tail at the back. Mm. Yeah. Very 80s of him. Yeah. That's, that's an even bigger flex. Just like I'll have some hair just a little bit at the back yeah. in one strand. Yeah. <laughs> which can be glued on with one drop of glue which is glued on yeah. and takes five seconds yeah exactly now dean unfortunately dinner doesn't go so well there's lots of subtle and not so subtle insults being thrown right. around by both sides yes definitely and there's all sorts of shakespeare quotes going on as well yeah weird i'm like what am i in the middle of right now i don't understand yeah i know I actually I actually did have to rewind that part because I was yeah. like, what's going on? Like, I don't even understand what everyone's saying. <laughs> and so, but once you like hear it again, you're like, OK, I think I understand people's like sides that they're on. And there's definitely they're definitely arguing throughout this whole uh, this whole dinner. They're just arguing and insulting each other. Um, yeah, basically. Basically, the argument is that like uh, this ambassador is pushing for like peace, pushing sort of for world peace. Um and Dude, it's not world peace it's like it's universe. not world peace well, oh it's not it's sorry. more than just this is bigger it's than galaxy just peace it's galaxy peace solar it's system galaxy peace. peace yeah he's he's pushing for galaxy peace and so they're basically like discussing this whether peace is a good thing or whether like being uh feuding with with like other um people in the galaxy is is also a good thing yeah, they're also getting shit-faced on Romulan Ale, so that doesn't help the situation. They're getting shit-faced on Romulan Ale, and they can't even get along at this table. How are they going to get galaxy peace? They can't even get along when they're all joking around, having a good time, drinking ale. Right. No, they're getting angry at each other. The Klingons are eventually beamed back to their ship, and the crew of the Enterprise let out a collective sigh. Yeah. And that's literally what happened. They all, like, yeah. <laughs> as soon as the Klingons beamed over... You see the entire crew go, <sighs> like drop yeah. their shoulders and let out a breath. Yeah. Another another thing that they're hammering home in this is that everybody has these generalizations that Kirk was having at the beginning. Nobody yeah. likes any sort of kind of Klingon coming on board. They don't want to get, even though they were, some of them were kind of nice, they don't care. They're happy they're gone. Well, the Klingons in the Federation have been at war forever. Yeah. yeah. They have just always been at war. So this would be a really, like, strange thing to, like, have them come aboard and have supper with them. I mean, that, yeah, that sure. dinner probably was very, very tame to what, you know, might have happened if they weren't looking at peace talks, you know? Definitely, yeah. Yeah, maybe that was, maybe that was being friendly. I think it was, yeah. Yeah. Now, everybody on Enterprise is feeling good that the Klingons are gone. Everyone's safe. They 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 feel okay. That Everyone's is until... Hmm? Everyone's drunk. Everyone's drunk. Uh, they're feeling okay until, Dean, the Enterprise fires two torpedoes on the Klingon ship. Yeah, what? Nobody knows why. The Klingons lose gravity on their ship, and two people dressed in Federation spacesuits board the Klingon ship, wearing these magnetic boots that allow them to stick to the ground and, and move around. And those two people kill a bunch of Klingons, including Chancellor Gorkin. Then they leave. Now, I'm sure it looked really cool back in 91, but the blood in zero gravity effect here did not hold up. No, it doesn't work. It's kind of like the, 
it's definitely the early 90s type of CGI where they're like, we can make stuff like puddles. We can make liquid in puddles. And so everything kind of looks metallic. You know, it looks like a puddle of metal kind of. Anyways, their blood is like pink. So that helps. Oh, purple. Yes. Okay. So that helps a little bit, but it doesn't really look very good. No, doesn't. No, a guy gets his arm blown off, though. Uh Uh-huh. And he comes back. He comes back. PG gets his arm blown off. Yeah. Well, you can blow arms off in PG. Oh, okay. You just can't drop the F-bomb more than once. Right. Oh, no, wait, can you, you can drop an F-bomb in PG, right? Just one? I think or is that you can PG-13? drop one. Yeah, I think you can drop one, which is ridiculous, Tim. You can drop one F-bomb in a PG. Yeah. You can't drop two, but you can blow someone's arm off. Yeah. No, I know. <laughs> I'm with you, man. Also, if you're saying one F-bomb, like, why can't you say three? Like, what's the difference? Yeah. I don't know. You get one. Yeah, weird. Use it well. So Kirk surrenders to the Klingons here because he doesn't want to engage in a fight because he's not even sure what just happened. Yeah. And he transports to the Klingon ship with Bones and they are both arrested. And Spock is very confused because the Enterprise logs show that they fired these two torpedoes, but they still have their full complement of torpedoes. Yeah, it was like interesting to it was interesting to watch because we saw the bird of prey like getting shot. Like everyone was on the bridge watching it happen. And so Spock just like talked to Scotty right away and Scotty's like, "Nah, nothing's happening down here. We're not firing. Like I can look, I'm seeing the torpedoes. I can see them. They're right here. They're fine." And then you can then Spock notices that they're also gone from the inventory. Yeah, so something's going on. Something fishy's going on, Tim. I think I smell a mystery. So I do smell mystery. Something's going on. Yeah. We meet Kurtwood Smith here. And he is the Klingon president. And this guy has a look. Hey, how about this guy's he's, look? He's got some hair, wow. Tim. He's got some blonde hair. He was the opposite of Christopher Plummer. He's like, sit me in that chair as long <laughs> as you want. I will yes. literally sit there forever if you want to. He's like, you know how lions have a mane? <laughs> yeah. I would like to look like a lion. Make yeah. me look like a lion. <laughs> Put a few manes on me. A few mains, a few mains. I'll wait. <laughs> yeah, I've got nowhere to be. Yeah. Now, the Klingon president, he doesn't think that Kirk would actually have done this. Like, he doesn't believe that this was an attack. But yeah. he still needs justice. So Kirk and Bones get a Klingon trial. And you can imagine how that goes. Um, uh, it's awesome. Well, yeah, the trial was awesome, but you, I mean, you know, from the start that they're, (laughs) they're not going to win. No, everyone's just yelling at them. Like this trial is ridiculous. (laughs) It's, it's, it's pretty fun. I like the trial. I love the trial. Yeah. I thought it was really cool that Michael Dorn, who plays Worf is representing Kirk and Bones. Um, now he's actually portraying Worf's grandfather in this movie, which is how they justify him being in it because next generation, you know, is like 75 years after this. Oh, interesting. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, it was interesting to see him. I thought that was cool. Yeah. The court has some audio of Kirk saying he's never trusted Klingons and never will because they killed his boy. Now, we heard him say this before. It was earlier in the movie when Valeris was in his quarters with him. She kind of like sneaks in and yeah. catches him saying that. So, hmm. 
Yeah, and this is a kind of funny mm. moment because because they have this recording of him saying this but like i feel like if they straight up asked him in the court he would still be like yeah i hate all of the klingons they killed my boy it's not like they don't even need the recording they just need to ask him the question it's very true it's just such an obvious thing like yeah of course like kirk hates the klingons as do probably every other human being in starfleet you're at war with them they probably all hate every klingon They've probably killed a member of your family and you hate them. But it was just it was just a grand like a grand setup in yeah. this court case just to convict Kirk and Bone. So it's fine. Yeah. But yes, uh, very good pointing it out, because how did they get this? How do they have this this recording um, that we saw and we heard him record? Um, how did they get that? Well, yeah. OK, so my problem is there's only one way that they did get that. That, right. That's my immediate. <laughs> the, the that's my immediate this. beef with the movie. Okay. I was gonna get to it a little bit later on, but they make it look here like Valeris is a traitor because Valeris was around when Kirk said that. Now the Klingons have that audio bit, so all I think right then is that oh, I guess Valeris recorded him and gave it to the Klingons. She's a traitor. Okay. Yeah. It, strangely, I never thought that. Okay. But yeah, I, I, I did. Yeah. I don't, I don't, it it kind of ruined it for me. I just I wished that they didn't show her in his quarters when he was saying that. Yeah, I, I get it because we have no idea what's going on and we assume that the Enterprise has somehow fired on this bird of prey. I just think like I'm, I'm definitely thinking there's somebody on the ship that is a traitor. And I just kind of thought they ha- could go in and hack into his log and, and find that and, and send that over. I kn- So I never really connected the dots. I don't think I ever really pieced together that she was right there while he was saying it. Um, but yeah, I, I, the second time around, I definitely was like, oh, she's just standing in the doorway as he says that. So it is kind of it's kind of showing you a little bit something. It's tipping its, its cap a little too much there. Yeah, I, I thought so. Yeah. So Kirk and Bones are found guilty. And they're sent without a chance for parole to the dilithium mines of the penal asteroid Rura Pente. I love Scotty's comment here. He says, better to kill them now and get it over with. Right. It's great. It's kind of just great foreshadowing about like how bad this place might be. I love it. I love when they do that. I love when it's when they say like, oh, it would be would have been better to just die. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited about the prison. Let's go. Let's go to the prison. Yeah. It turns out it wasn't like all that justified. It was like, I don't it know. I mean, it, it like, didn't seem it was like medium security dangerous. prison. Maybe it didn't seem too dangerous. And also like, I mean, we'll get there, but like Kirk can just hold his own there. And he's like 65 years he's old. Fine. Yeah, he's fine. He's totally fine. <laughs> yeah. Spock is uh, still investigating who shot the torpedoes. He can't get over this. Yeah. So he knows that there has to be a traitor because they still have physically the torpedoes. So why does the data say they fired them? He also thinks there was a cloaked bird of prey underneath of them. And that even though a bird of prey can't fire when it's cloaked, this one must have been able to do that. Right. Yeah. So here's the mystery. They're trying to piece it together. Spock's trying to figure it out. And 
since they physically have the torpedoes, they obviously didn't shoot them, even though it looked like it came from them. Like yes. they were on the bridge watching. So that's why they're like, okay, must have been a bird of prey below us, or must have been something invisible below us, which is what a bird of prey can do, and must have been able to shoot while it was invisible. So yeah, it's uh, which is uh, something that can't be done, uh, this, this movie tells me. So um, yeah, cool. I love the whole mystery aspect of this movie. I thought I it was it. a lot of fun watching Spock on his end, trying to like figure out what happened, like who set us up, who's part yeah. of it. Meanwhile, Kirk and Bones are off doing their own thing. The, the mystery that's part the of this was a lot of fun for me. Yeah, that's the best. On paper, the most of this movie is half of it Spock solving like a whodunit in space. And the other half of the movie is Kirk and Bones escaping prison like yeah go pitch that to anybody and they're just like uh hell yeah i want to watch that movie that sounds amazing i'd be down for just the spock investigating the whole movie i think that'd be cool yeah but always but prison break prison breaks are always fun yeah it's okay so kirk and bones arrive on rura pente where they meet the stunning actress and model iman mm-hmm. and wow was she ever uh, a sight a sight for sore she's, eyes. Gorgeous. she's gorgeous yeah and she's also great she is great yeah yeah she plays like a very interesting part in this movie and she's very good at it yep yep uh she lets them know there's a bounty on their heads and kirk is immediately attacked by a couple of different aliens looking to collect that bounty and in one of these fights i can't remember which one i think it was the second fight with the alien yeah um shatner for real fell into the fire in the scene okay because it looked like he did i was i saw him like fall onto like what looked like a a barbecue pit fire and he was he was in it he was in that fire wow that was for real (laughs) when that happens you're like yeah we'll we'll keep that cut that was great yeah medic and cut (laughs) now iman wants to help them escape so because of that kirk obviously makes out with her um, but we unfortunately find out, Dean, that she's a shapeshifter. And as luck would have it, she just happens to be a very, very unattractive person in her natural form. <laughs> very I mean, unattractive. Yeah, it's like a ogre or like a like a orc from Lord of the Rings, kind of like a. Yeah, and but, but like hairier, like more hairy. It's like Harry from Harry and the Hendersons. Yes. Like merged with an orc. It's it's Harry from Harry and the Hendersons if he like didn't sleep for like a year and like really hit the bottle hard or something. Yes, like very it's like a greasy, bad looking Harry and the Hendersons. Very smelly. Yeah. Very different look than the Iman that we got to see. She was gorgeous. Yeah. Um, I think it was kind of funny that they make it out that Kirk made out with this beast. Yeah. I mean, Tim, I'd still make out with her. I'd make out with the beast. You'd make out with that beast? Yeah. Just on the off chance. Just on the off chance she'd change. I would make out with Iman knowing that she was the beast, but I would not make out with the form of the beast. That's a bold statement, Dean. That's a very bold statement. You know what? Because I love her heart. Oh. <laughs> I, love, I love her as a person. Wow. Doesn't matter what she looks like. Okay. 
What is that? Yeah. Just Friends? Is that that movie? Just Friends? <laughs> is that what that is from? I don't know. I don't know either. I don't know what I'm talking about. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, she's got cool yellow eyes, though. I don't in believe all you. forms. I just don't, you don't believe, believe me. That's what I'm going to say. I don't believe you. Yeah, her eyes are amazing. I love her eyes. Feathers. She has feathers too, Dean. It's like Shrek. It's like if you met her and fell in love with her in the in the good looking form, and then she was like, "This is actually my real form." You would just run, Tim. You'd run away. Dumped. <laughs> Dumped. Dumped. No, it, I, it would know, be I, tough I, I, from... I know what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. That's fine. <laughs> Look, um, you were Tim. You were saying on first. You were saying on first kiss. Would you kiss that monster? You're right. I would not. I would not kiss the monster on first kiss. Right. I you're right. Okay. Yes. See, if you're saying you make out with a mon, fall in love with a mon, and then yeah. after years of a, this great relationship, she shows her true form to you as yeah. this beast, yeah. then I can buy into the fact that, yes, okay, you have a connection. You love her personality. Maybe yeah. you make it work with that hideous monstrosity. But are you going to straight make out with that thing? No way, no, dude. No way. Not a chance. Not that's, a chance. That's, that's fucking bananas talk right there. Yeah. Do you think Do you think making out with her was just like Kirk's idea? Do you think they oh, were just like yeah. not supposed to make out and he was lying there and he's like, okay, now we make out. Let's get, I got a note, note for the director. We make out now. I think so. I mean, yeah. <laughs> in the OG series, he makes out with everybody. But in these movies, yeah. they didn't go with that trope. He doesn't actually make out with... I don't know. Can you remember one person he actually even kisses in these movies? No. They make a point of him not kissing people. That's a good point. Yeah. So uh, this, right, this may right, have been one of the first it, kisses. Right. Because in the beginning, I was I was talking to you about I thought he was like a ladies' man, and then he you was. showed me a clip. You showed me a clip of him kissing oh, yeah. someone, and then and then <laughs> punching him, her punching right her, after. Yeah. So he got to do that in this movie. He got to kiss him on and then punch her. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Interesting. Yeah, it's just, just, I guess Shatner just was like, we, you know, got to be true to the character in this last movie. Yeah. Now, she does help them escape the prison and get to the planet's surface, but it turns out, Dean, that she is double-crossing them and takes them to the Klingons. And we get a scene here where she shapeshifts into the form of Kirk, and now there's two of them. What did you think of this scene? So fun. You know what? My favorite part about the scene is what right when she changes into Kirk and he has this evil look on his face, this evil mm. grin. He's kind of laughing. I've never seen his face look like that in any of these movies. So it's like just him being able to put on this like evil like grin. I thought it, I thought he was having a real fun time with it. Um, cool. So I, I really like that. I, I, that. That was my my favorite part of it. Yeah, cool. Nice poll. Yeah, that, that 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 did strike me. I didn't like take yeah. note of it, but I remember seeing that. I was like, yeah, he looks like menacing and evil. He does. Yeah, he does. And yeah. it's just in his face. Like that's it. He just did some face facial acting. Yeah, it's great. So it's this weird scene where there's the two of them, and the Klingons yeah. are there, and they want to kill Kirk. I think they want to kill Kirk. Right? What are the Klingons even doing there? Well. They want Hold to on kill. A so, I need to back up they, for a second here because now I don't understand the scene at all. Was they, she leading them to the Klingons so they could kill him? She wasn't leading them to the Klingons. She was helping them escape. Yes. And then they were. Then she called the prison guards to come to their location so they could kill them while they were trying to escape. 
So okay. they needed a reason to just kill Kirk and Bones. They couldn't just kill them in the prison. They needed a reason. So she lured them out like it, like they're escaping so that they could be shot while they're escaping. Okay. So what happens is the two of them are there. Yeah. Uh, the two Kirks. And they're both like, don't kill this one. Kill this. Kill him. Kill him. No, yeah. not me. Kill yeah. him. Why wouldn't the Klingon just shoot both of them? The Klingon ends up shooting one of them. Yeah. If the Kling if the Klingon wants Kirk dead, why not just shoot them both? Um, I mean, I don't think he wants to shoot the shapeshifter. It's a Klingon though. I don't think the Klingon like I don't really think they'd care too much about. But they're some like they're prison guards. They're prison guards though. Like they need to. I think they need to follow like the rule. I don't know. I don't know, Tim. Yeah, just you t I know you could just blow them both Sorry, away. Sorry, that just popped up in my head. Like, why not just shoot them yeah. both? Because what he does is he shoots the wrong one. Yeah. And then he's going to shoot the other Kirk, but then Kirk gets beamed beamed out. Yeah, but just shoot them both. You're, you're a yeah. Klingon. That's what they would do. The Klingons would just kill everybody. Just shoot them both. Yeah, yeah. They don't care about some, like, double-crossing, like, right. shape-shifting prison rat that's going to give up any information. Who cares? They got what they wanted. They would. I just think they'd kill them both. Anyways, honestly, that actually, yeah, that would have been that would have been better if they were just like, I don't care which one you are, and then shoot one of them, and then aim the gun at the other, and then he gets. Yeah, that would make way you more know, sense. That would that actually would have been a lot better. Yeah. yeah. Also, because did you understand like what the Klingon picked up on to shoot the wrong one? Uh, I thought it was because Kirk. The real Kirk, when they showed up, he said, you guys are finally here, like you're late or something like that. Yeah, I, I didn't know what it was. It was like they're they're talking back and forth. I had no idea why yeah. the Klingon decided to kill the one. Nothing was apparent to me. Apparently, um, the real Kirk is actually wearing like a like some like leg braces or something like that on one. On, OK, like one of them has like leg braces on. Okay. And, and the other explanation was that the fake Kirk, when pointing at the real Kirk, she is normally shorter than like her form of a mon, I guess, is supposed to be shorter than Kirk. So when she okay. points at him, she's pointing too high because now she's at his height. Because oh, she's okay. Kirk. But I mean, come on, who's noticing that? That she's pointing a little bit too high? What? But then they shot the wrong one still? Yeah, wait, what's going on in this scene? Then they shot the wrong one because they're trying to shoot real Kirk. They're not trying to shoot her. Yeah, this scene doesn't make any sense. Why would they I shoot the I... wrong one if they picked up on these things? Like, so they didn't. I don't the think they picked up on those things. Well, they didn't. But I guess that I guess that what that was was like for the audience to pick up on which right. one was the right which one. Which one's which? Yeah. But it happens also fast. Like we're not picking up on that. No, I think it's because real Kirk. When they arrive, he's the first one to talk to them. And he was like, about time, guys. So he says that to them. So then they think he's the shapeshifter. Yeah, I mean. So they I, shoot the other one. I guess ultimately what I thought was that it came down to the last thing that Kirk said, was, which was something like, shoot him, you idiot. Like, yeah, kind of like I don't think it was. More of like yeah. the way that Kirk would talk. I, I don't know. Right. Uh, you know what? I'm, I'm going to just go out on a limb and say this was a terrible scene. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, this this ending part is pretty bad. Yeah, this you know what? I, I do away with this scene. Do away yeah. with this whole prison planet bullshit. I don't need any oh, of this. This doesn't do I anything like for the movie for me. Yeah, I like the escape. What escape? It was so boring. 
It was yeah, just like, it doesn't let's, need to be there. Let's just, hey, I can help. And Mon's like, I can help you. Let's just sneak past all the guards. Let's just walk out. Of, there was no adversity to them getting out of this prison. It was just like yeah. Amon's like, hey, you guys want to get out of the prison? Because the exit door is right over here. And we can yeah. just walk out of it and be free. Yeah. Why Why I dug it in the movie, it's the only part of the movie that's like on a planet. And they're like, it's a really good looking, like they're on location somewhere. There's like purple snow everywhere. Yeah, like they're in it, Alaska. So, it, was, it was pretty cool. Oh, wow. nice, yeah. So, so I like that they were actually somewhere because everywhere else is just in ships. Um, so I, I, when, the, as soon as they landed on the planet, I was very excited. So I was, I liked when we cut back to the planet. Um, but yeah, I guess it, like it really doesn't need to be there. I think just the little confusion at the end was, you know, a little unnecessary. We don't really know why people, we don't know why anybody shot anybody else for any reason. Mm-hmm. Well, Dean, what happens is Kirk and Bones get beamed aboard the Enterprise just before the Klingons can kill them. And back on the Enterprise, Spock has been delaying their return to space dock because he believes the saboteur is still on board. And he doesn't want to go back to space dock because then the saboteur will be able to escape. Now they find one of the magnetic boots. Then they find the two missing uniforms that have Klingon blood on them. Yep, yep. They find the crewmates that those uniforms belong to, but they're recently dead. Dum, dum, dum. Tim, first rule of assassination, kill the assassins. Exactly. Yeah. Now, Kirk sets up a plan to capture the saboteur by saying and making it look like those crewmates are still alive. And the saboteur goes in to try to finish those crewmates off, even though they're dead. And what that saboteur finds waiting is Kirk and Spock, who capture the saboteur, Valeris. Tim, I watched this two times in the last week, and I did not understand that whole plan that you just explained. (laughs) I watched it twice and I never understood that I never understood that they were pretending that the guys were still alive so that she would have to go in and kill them. I always wondered why she was going in there to kill them. Like to I I was wondering why they were hiding in like the hospital beds and why she even went in there. I never really understood it. Thank you. Mm. You missed a simple announcement over the PA system on the ship where they say um, something. They they mentioned the crew, the crewmates names. Okay, and they say yeah. that they're something like they're in these two crewmates are or no, it was like doctor to the like I don't know what it was. It was something about yeah these two are still alive, like doctor to med bay, or we need to get this these two crew members to med bay. It was something they made some sort of announcement um saying that these two are still alive. Yeah, I remember the announcement and I remember thinking this is meaningful in some way and I don't know how. Yeah, so that's how. thank you. Yeah, thank you. You're welcome. Now, Valeris is captured and she thinks she's been saving Starfleet this whole time because the Klingons can't be trusted. And she quotes what Kirk said about them. She's like, dude, you you said this stuff. I'm like supporting you here. Yeah. And now you want to capture me. And at this point... From Kirk being on that prison planet, he has like this super, super thick beard, like half beard, I guess. Like it's not yeah. huge, but man, I just loved the way he looked. 
I really would have loved to have seen like an old man Kirk movie with him totally. in this style, like just kind of like he's got the beard, he's kind of like downtrodden, down in the dumps. I think that would have been a great movie. I think they missed totally. an opportunity giving us a movie yeah. like that with like rough Kirk. Yeah, totally. I think he lets himself be uh he lets himself look older than this movie than he has in the other ones. And uh especially last one. I think last movie I said they look younger than the first one. Yeah. Um, and they was trying real hard to look young in that movie. This one, he lets himself look a little older. And especially at the end here, I even feel like his hair is like a little gray, um, which it mm. probably was that way the whole time. But I really noticed it here at the end when, like when you said, he looks scruffy and his hair looks a little gray. He looks a little older. And uh, yeah, it's a good look. Yeah. So Spock mind melds with Valeris to find out who she's working for and with. And this is the first time in the franchise that a mind meld was forced upon somebody, I think. Mm, I think before that, it was usually done to like, to get information, but the other person was okay with it. Right. That whale gave consent. (laughs) Yeah. The whale consented. Yeah. 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 You could could see it. You could see it in the whale's eyes. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. (laughs) Yeah. That's a great point. I don't know if that whale consented. (laughs) I think so. Probably. Yeah. Yeah, probably. Now, what Spock finds out is that Valeris was working for Admiral Cartwright of Starfleet, General Chang of the Klingon Empire, and the Romulan ambassador. Right. That's a huge plot. It's huge, yeah. When we've seen these guys throughout the movie, and we've known, like, they have kind of a bad attitude, but I didn't really think they were going to be part of it. I thought it was exactly. like totally just going to be one thing, one, you know, one group that it was going to be. I kind—I was kind of like, you know, it, it definitely could be Chang the whole time. Yeah, you kind of you know, figured it could Chang. Be him. Yeah, you kind of figured Chang. But then the other guys, you're like, yeah, I just thought they were kind of dicks. But, you know, they were they're in on it. They're in on it. Yeah. So the Enterprise races to this peace conference that's being that's being held. But they get intercepted by General Chang in the cloaked bird of prey. Mm, cool. And they get into a pretty fun space battle. They're taking a bunch of damage. Um, Sulu has raced to their side uh, from across the galaxy, shows up trying to help. And they're able to figure out how to hit this cloaked Klingon ship. And they're able to destroy it. Yeah, then fun. they. It was fun. They beam to the peace conference and stop a sniper from assassinating the Klingon president. And Dean, they've done it. They've saved the day again. Awesome. Hell yeah. The Enterprise is ordered back to space dock to be decommissioned. What? Yeah, what? What? Again? Stop. That's sad. Let them out. Let them free. Let the original cast be free. Don't try to control them. They were so happy, Tim, at the beginning when they left to go into space. They were yeah. like unusually happy. I was like, Isn't, haven't they been in space so many times? But they were so happy to go into space. Don't decommission. Don't take their ship away. Don't keep a wild bird in a cage. No. Let exactly. it soar free. Exactly. Spock doesn't like the idea, Dean. And the term go to hell comes to his mind. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that was awesome. And Kirk disobeys the order, and they fly off into the distance. We get a final shot of the crew together on the bridge. 
Kirk gives one final log entry and the end. And in so a sad. really, really sweet credit scene, we see the crew's actual real life signatures coming across the screen uh, for their credits instead of just like a, you know, how it would look normally with like the printed text. I love it, especially because like people might recognize their signatures, right? Like because they go to conventions and stuff, right? And sign stuff like you. It, it, it's just something like it really is like a, a kind of a send off, you know, for them um, to have just their signature pop up at the end there. I, I really thought it was fun. I really liked it. I thought it was a yeah. really, really nice touch. Yeah. So fun movie. Um I don't want to get on to like that this wasn't sci-fi enough for me because I we talked about that before and I think I was wrong when I called Final Frontier not sci-fi. There was right. a lot of sci-fi stuff yeah. in the, a lot of elements in this. I just feel like there was a lot of just generic stuff that I don't know was like unguided. It hmm. was just it was yeah. it was filler. Like I almost left everything to do with Sulu out of this episode even though sulu and his ship are in this movie quite a lot they don't do anything for the movie if you completely leave sulu out of this conversation this movie plays out almost exactly the same yeah um i just feel like there were a lot of moments in both these movies that if you don't have them in the movie it doesn't matter like this one was an hour and 50 minutes like this was a longer movie it did not need to be this long. Yeah, that's uh, that is an interesting comment because I would say like Final Frontier, the last movie on paper again, sounds amazing. You know, like trying to find heaven and God, like in the galaxy. That sounds, sounds awesome. That sounds so good. But it did miss the mark on on a couple areas. Uh, I think I think you're right. I think the same here. It sounds great on paper. Like who done it in space? That Spock's trying to solve. Like that sounds amazing. Um, with like all these great, great actors and actresses in, in the movie, like making all these, uh, you know, having these great performances, making all these cameos. But yeah, I think there's a little, it's a little misguided in certain areas for sure, which just doesn't make it one of the best, uh, Star Trek movies. Um, yeah, it should, since we're, since we're wrapping them up, since we're done, should we rank them, Tim? Do Let's we do, do that? It. I was thinking that oh, right off wow. the bat. Let's do it. Okay. Do you know yours? Yep. You should go then, because I am not prepared at all. Okay. I've got Star Trek The Motion Picture at number one. I've got The Wrath of Khan at number two. I've got Star Trek The Voyage Home. Then I'm going to go The Final Frontier. Then I'm going to go The Search for Spock. Then I'm going to go The Undiscovered Country. Okay, I like it. Um, I like that a lot. I have trouble. I have trouble a lot with one and two here. Um, me too. Me too. As a kid, I would have said two. On the rewatch yeah. and walking yeah. through it with the podcast, I'm going number one. That was the best sci-fi of all six. Yeah. So I think I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna say what my heart's saying, and it's the same as it's the same as you, Tim. Number one is motion picture. Number two is Rathacon. Number three, I'm going to say 
Oh yeah, Voyage Home. Okay, so we're the same on three. Number three, Voyage Home. Number four, this one, Undiscovered Country. I think my number four, fourth favorite movie, right in the middle there, Undiscovered Country, then Final Frontier, then Search for Spock. That's okay. my six. Cool. We're pretty close. Same top three. Well, we've uh, got more to go. We're only halfway through this franchise, so. Awesome. Yeah, I, I, I opened it up, opened up the box set, and saw there was more. I saw there was more movies back there. <laughs> this is the end of the first half of the discs. There's yes, like two yes. compartments of discs. This is just the yes. first compartment. We've got a whole other compartment to go through. All right. New crew. Uh, new crew is going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, a lot cool. of fun. Uh, hey, everybody, if you want to support Talking Back, check out our Patreon page. We've got a lot of great exclusive content over there. There's uh, a few different tiers you can sign up for. A uh, few dollars each month will go to um, you know help us out here on the podcast, help us keep everything going, help us bring, you know, the best content that we can bring to you. So please consider doing that. Also check out all the other podcasts on the Blast From Our Past network. There's a bunch of great podcasters out there doing a lot of great stuff. Uh, If you like our podcast, you'll like theirs. You've heard most of them on our podcast already. So you know who they are. Please go check them out. Dean, thank you for joining this week. Thank you, Tim. Thanks, everybody, for listening, and we'll catch you next time. I'm Adam. And I'm Corey. And we are the hosts of Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast. We are breaking down every single episode of Seinfeld as we watch it, reliving this amazing show. That's right. It's a trip down memory lane for all of us 90s kids out there. You can find Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, and Patreon. La la la. Thanks for listening to the episode, everybody. We wanted to let you know if you'd like to show your support for Talking Back, then please check out our Patreon page where you can join one of our membership tiers and unlock bonus episodes and more each and every month. Or you can check out our page at buymeacoffee.com slash talking back where you can make a one-time donation of any amount or feel free to leave a positive review for us on iTunes. All three options are great ways to show your support for the show. That's it. We're done.